0: Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Thank you, Nathan. It is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to be here again. Hey, let's pray. God, I thank you for this opportunity to to share your word, God. Thank you for what you have put on my heart, and I pray that... uh, I get the words exactly as you want them, God. I pray that, that people will only hear what you have to say, the message that you have for us this morning, and that, um, yeah, God, you will do a work in our hearts to receive that and prepare to do that. Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, so I'm doing a bit of a follow-up message um, to, to last time I was here, but um, in, in the meantime, to give you a bit of a picture of my, my life, I've been doing a lot of looking into health nutrition, all this sort of thing. I've been on a bit of a kick for a few years since I had appendicitis a couple of years ago. And um, last year, I got more into the science of it. And there's some really fascinating stuff out there. Um, and it's just, you know, as in so many fields, more and more things are being discovered, more and more things are being learned. And more and more myths are being busted too, I must say. So some things that I have come across recently, um, no good evidence to suggest that you need to drink two litres of water a day. Apparently, no. No. Don't worry about it, don't worry about that two litre bottle. Stay hydrated, but you don't have to worry about that so much. Um, calorie counting doesn't work, some of you probably know that, because a whole bunch of the underlying data is just completely incorrect. The way they've calculated the energy levels and stuff, no, it doesn't actually work. Um, and, and, and a funny one, um, it, maybe for some people, but still the, un, the underlying math they did was incorrect. Um, and protein, people love protein at the moment, eat a whole lot of protein, don't need carbs, right? Well, when you eat too much protein, your body turns it into carbs in you. I thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> but they're also like just discovering some fascinating new things. Um, and one of those things uh, I'll just tease you with, actually. Um, so, how to put this? Scientists looking deeper and deeper and deeper into the human body Have found something about your body that they now think, and they can put math on this to say, is more unique to you than your own DNA. There's something about you that is so unique to you beyond your DNA. Hold that thought. We're going to come back to that shortly. So, a few months ago, when I was here, um, I began by posing the question what is the Bible? And I offered you my response to that question. Uh, We looked at the facts, a few of them, that the Bible is the word of God. It has the authority of God. It is God's word to us. We looked at what the Bible reveals to us. The Bible reveals who God is, that he is creator, that he is sovereign over all his creation. He is good and he is loving and he is just. We looked at the fact that the Bible is a historical account of God's interaction with humanity. God is a God who works powerfully. He's a God who guides. He performs miracles, he saves, and he forgives. The Bible reveals who Jesus is. Jesus is God's son. It reveals this incredible life that he lived for us, and this incredible sacrifice at the end of his life on earth, so that we could be saved. And lastly, we looked at the fact that the Bible is a communication from the author of creation to you. Incredible truths. And we landed on the question, what are you doing with the Word of God? And we quickly covered five practical things. You might remember we talked about making daily time for it, meditating on it, praying it, responding to it, and sharing it. And I hope that, that some of that stuck with you, and that's something you've been working on in your lives over the last few months. Now, I continued to sit with the message too. I continued to sit with this question and this exploration of God's word a bit longer. God has given us such an incredible treasure in his word. And so my thought was then, well, what else does it say he's given us? The more general form of that question would be to ask, what are you doing with what God has given you? So that is the question that we're going to unpack this morning. What are you doing with what God has given you? And you might immediately count to me and ask, well, what has God given me? So that's where we're going to start this morning. What has God given you? Well, number one, he has given you his word. And we've already talked a lot about that, so... I You can see the recording of last message if you want to see that again. Um, But we're going to dive into the word to look at these other things. And the next thing, the thing that I want to highlight this morning is that God has given you life. Our key text for this passage this morning is Psalm 113, verses 13, sorry, 139, verses 13 to 14. This is King David writing this psalm. And he writes, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And in verse 16, he goes on to say, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. An incredible scripture that begins to talk about the complexity of us that God put in us, that God, as our designer, he's made us that way with incredible intricate detail. So I wanted to pause on that thought this morning um, and just think about that that complexity a little bit further with what we know today with the advantages of years of of science that King David didn't have at the time. Um, Did you know that your body is composed of approximately 30 trillion cells. Approximately 30 trillion, and around 7 trillion nerves are connected up to form your nervous system. Crazy numbers. I don't even know how to conceptualize what that looks like. In recent times, some scientists have uh, been looking more deeply into a newer area uh, known as the human microbiome. Some of you might might have heard of it. In a nutshell, your microbiome is all of the microbes and bacteria and fungi and these living things, these bugs, living on your skin and in your gut and elsewhere in your body. And they're discovering, oh, actually, there's a lot more going on there than we first realized. They currently estimate that you have 100 trillion microbial cells in and on you. That's on top of the 30 trillion cells that actually make up your body. And someone did some math on this and came up with an estimate that those bugs on and in you weigh around two kilograms. Crawling all over you. That's a delightful thought for this morning, isn't it? And what they're discovering what they're discovering is that there are thousands and thousands of species of bug within that array. And so it is that they've said that, that it's quite possible and it's looking like your, your gut microbiome, your overall microbiome is more unique to you than your own DNA because of the amount of combinations and complexities um, of that, that I can have bugs that you don't have, your body's never seen before because I got them from somewhere. And, and so there's this, this layers and layers and layers of complexity And and to say the bugs, a lot of people think, well, bugs must be bad. But what we're finding is that some of these are actually critical to immune function. Some of these are critical to digestion and other bodily functions. And so it seems that we have been made this way. God has made us with all of this in mind. And so, you know, I already thought the human body was complex enough, and God was amazing for that. And now we're just discovering layer upon layer of complexity. And God knows it all. The ESV translation of this passage says that we are intricately woven. I like that. I like that expression. At least hints at the level of detail that we have all of these interacting systems that God has put in place to make us who we are. God is amazing, amen? He has given you life. Okay, what else has God given us? He has given us his Son, we touched on this a bit last time too. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God has given you His Son. And it's through His Son that He has given you salvation. Ephesians 2.4 and 5 says, But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins... He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. God has given us, has offered us salvation and an eternal future with him. That's incredible. Next, what else has God given us? Well, he's given us the Holy Spirit. 1 John 4.13 reads... And God has given us His Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. If you are a Christian, God has put His Spirit inside of you. God Himself living in us. Again, incredible that a God as vast as the Creator of existence and everything in it would choose to live in us. Is incredible. What else has God given us? Well, the next one is also incredible. These are all incredible. Purpose. God has given you purpose. Our key text here, which I love, is Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I want to pause here and sit on this verse for a minute. My paraphrase of this verse, the David Hodges paraphrase translation of the Bible, goes something like this. God created you on purpose for a purpose. God created you on purpose for a purpose. I love this verse because if you're ever discouraged or unmotivated or lacking direction, this is a truth we can stand on. You are here for a reason. Let me say that again. You are here. You exist for a reason, for God's reasons. He has a purpose for your life. You are God's workmanship, his handiwork in another translation, his masterpiece in a different translation, created for good works, good works that he's already prepared. He thought about long, long ago before even your parents existed. God had already thought of you and had a plan in place for you. So how do I find this purpose, you might wonder? What do my works look like? Well, I think it's important that we don't overcomplicate this. The first way is simply to follow the basic commands that we've been given by God. Love others. Pray for them. Show mercy. Forgive our enemies. Pray for our enemies. Help those in need, and so on. Follow Jesus' teachings and the teachings of the New Testament. Another way to think about this is to ask yourself, what am I passionate about? And what are my talents? Because the odds are God's purpose for you involves things that you're good at and things that you're passionate about. Yeah. Which makes sense, right? Because if you consider that God made you in the first place and he knows you intimately and he put those talents in you to begin with because he designed you, it just makes sense that that's where your purpose is going to lie, right? God didn't do it for funsies. He's, he's, he's <laughs> fairly deliberate. Those talents are there for a reason. Your passions are there for a reason. God has created you on purpose, for a purpose, for you to walk in. And that brings us to one more thing that God has given us. Gifts. Who likes gifts? Yeah? Yeah? I thought I might get a bit more of a response from that. (laughs) Alright. Romans 12, 6-8 says this. In His grace... God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. And if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. I'm trying. (laughs) If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. Thank you. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So we see that God gives good gifts to his people for the benefit of his people. We read here of gifts of prophecy, gifts of serving, of teaching, encouraging, of giving, and leadership and kindness. There are other gifts mentioned elsewhere in the New Testament, such as healing, helping, of evangelism showing mercy and hospitality. Now note that just about all these gifts listed are outward gifts. They are for the benefit of the people around us. They are for the benefit of the kingdom. Peter emphasizes in 1 Peter 4.10 that God has a great variety of spiritual gifts which he gives to his people and that we should manage them well. The Bible doesn't give an explicit list of the gifts, so they're not capped necessarily at a certain amount. People believe there are about 23 different gifts listed in the New Testament, but that's not necessarily exclusive. But he says that we should manage them well. Now, identifying these gifts and using them is one way to to walk in the good works that God has prepared for you that we read about in Ephesians 2.10. Again, you might ask, how do I know what my gifts are? Well, let me say that God is not trying to hide your gifts from you. And so number one, you can ask God to reveal them to you. I talked in the first service also about how sometimes people see them in in this and kind of call them out. Sometimes you may not be particularly aware of what God's put on your life, but other people can see something in you. Um, and, And just having a conversation, helping to, that, to bring that to their attention, them go, oh, yeah, I do like doing that. That's something about that does resound with me when I do that. Um, so that can also be really uh, beneficial for the church. The focus of Paul and Peter in their writings about this in the New Testament is very much on using the gifts and not as much on identifying them. They don't have any special tricks for it, which somewhat suggests that at least it should be fairly self-evident to us. And that, again, suggests that it would line up with our passions. If, you, if the desire of your heart is to encourage others, then you probably have the gift of encouragement. And if your desire is just burning on you to go out there and share Jesus with the world, well then, yeah, you probably have the gift of evangelism. It just makes sense. And so the encouragement is to take a step into that. If you have something burning on your heart and you're like, yeah, I really want to give that encouragement, yeah, I really, really feel the need to be praying for that person right now, well then, take a step and do it and see what God does. When I first started to teach, I had a stirring on my heart that hadn't been there before. At some point, I just became aware, this is something I kind of want to do, which was interesting because to that point in my life, I had been petrified of public speaking, absolutely petrified didn't want anything to do with it and so it took a little while to recognize this thing stirring in me because it was so opposite to how I was previously but it was there and I couldn't deny it and it and like okay so maybe initially I was like no I couldn't do that that couldn't possibly be me but I sat with it and it stayed and it grew and there was a bit of anxiety about it because I'm like it's public speaking what if I get it wrong all this sort of thing but but still the stirring stayed there. And as I spoke about it with a couple of people, shared talking to Nathan about it at one point, and he, he pointed that out to me. He said, just based on the way you're talking to me, this sounds like something for you. Because he recognized that in me. And so it's important that we don't just, you know, run away from these things or deny them or just go, I couldn't possibly do that. That's, that's for someone else. Because you've got something. God's got something for you. The Bible says that plainly. And we're all on the journey of finding out what that is and how we can use it. But at some point, when you have that stirring, the challenge is take a step. See what God does. So, let's recap quickly. What has God given you? He has given you His Word. He has given you life itself. He has given you Jesus. Through Jesus, we have salvation. God has given you His Spirit, and He's given you a purpose, and He's given you gifts. So, returning to our question, what are you doing with what God has given you? What is an appropriate response when you think about receiving these blessings? For me, each time I come back to dwell on this, when I think about God's truth and I meditate on it, my response inevitably is always, wow like wow God did that for me yeah, on. little on me on this planet and this giant God who created the stars and the universe and the planet and two kilograms of bugs on my skin like like he's offered me this he's living inside of me like it's phenomenal truth and Every time I come back to this, it's just, wow, God, you are amazing. Wow, God, you are incredible. Thank you. Again, thank you. Again, God, I have to thank you. It's just this natural thing that wells up in me. And so what I want to suggest is that we start with gratitude because it's simply the most natural place to have a conversation with God or to respond to this at all. And I want to suggest that it should be a daily thing, not just an occasional thing. Because the beauty of having regular time with God and reflecting on the word regularly, his truth for us is that it sets our hearts on him. It sets our attitude and our perspective for the day. If that's one of the first things you dwell on when you get up, then you can start to view your whole day through that lens of this incredible God who's made you for another day. My focus is then no longer on the nine to five or the hustle and bustle of life and all the chaos that life throws at us. But it's about staying alert to what God has for me today. Where can I serve? Who can I encourage? Who do I need to pray over? Who can I speak life over? Whether they realize it or not, whether they need prayer or they realize, I can still be praying for them. Because when we think about the other part of this doing good works, living a life for God, Obedience for obedience' sake is really hard. Maybe some days it feels easy. It's, hard, it's easy until it's suddenly not. And someone pokes you the wrong way. They trigger you. They say that thing that gets under your skin and all of a sudden obedience gets really hard. But obedience to a glorious and merciful God who has saved me and changed my future, that never gets old. Yes. That never gets old. That is much more of a motivator than knowing Oh, I should try and do some good works today. You can't go far wrong if you are regularly reminding yourself of all that God has done for you. I had this thought yesterday. One of my favorite scriptures is Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, which reads, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. So I put to you, if God's mercies for us are new every morning... How much more should our gratitude rise each day in response? So, start with gratitude. Then, take a step. That's our second response today. Take a step and walk with God. I would not be here today doing this if I had not taken a step into what I felt I was being called to. At some point, I had to go, okay, God, I think, I think you want me to do this, and I'll actually say yes. I'll actually give it a go. I will step into that. Had I not done that, I couldn't have learned enough, I couldn't have experienced enough that Nathan would now let me be here now. And that takes the pressure off for a bit. We don't have to think about the 10-year goal. It's just what, what's God calling me to today? We'll get to 10 years in 10 years' time, but what's God calling me to right now? Back in January, many of us did a devotional series on version called How to Know God's Will for Your Life by Dr. Barry Chant. I highly encourage it if you didn't have a chance to go through it. It's a great resource and contains so much wisdom for learning about God's will or his purpose for your life. And I think I've gotten more out of it by doing it the second time and going through and reviewing some of the material again. And in one of his daily devotionals, uh, he entitles it Plod with God. And we've heard this a few times now because a couple of our speakers have heard this from different places and and talked about it. And I like the concept. Um, He says, there are a number of verses in the Bible likening the Christian life to walking. And he says this, plodding is not racing or running or leaping or jumping or dancing or skipping. It is simply walking steadily. One foot after the other. Christian living means being on the move, just steady, just plodding, but moving. And I like that because I think we can feel a pressure around this sort of thing. When you think about the will of God for my life for God's purpose for my life and doing good works, which sounds incredibly noble in some ways, um, we can subconsciously or maybe other people make it a big thing. And then there's all this pressure that's attached to that. And so we read the Bible and we read about Jesus and the apostles healing people and casting out demons and performing miracles. See all these massive things and then maybe, just maybe, part of you starts to feel like I don't need to walk with Jesus, I'm being asked to hop on a bullet train with Jesus. And then the other part of you doesn't want to leave the house because it's like, it's scary, it's too much. Can I take most of the pressure off this morning? Dr. Chant finishes that devotional by saying this, to find and do the will of God, we have to be in motion to walk by faith in the spirit in the light in love with Jesus in good works worthily and courageously and yes, it does take courage because when you're doing something new it's common enough for doubts to rise up that's just, just a natural human thing it does take some courage to step out but when you do, and you see God move, it is so worth it. I've often reflected, particularly for the past few years, I've, as I've had more opportunities to teach and share the word, and look at people who come forward for prayer, because God was obviously doing something in their life that morning. And I go, what, what would it look like for me to not be here? Well, then they wouldn't have heard the word. Then God couldn't have worked in that opportunity, because that opportunity didn't exist if I said no. If I said, no, God, I'm not doing it, and walked away well, then God can't use me. Yeah. But when you see the fruit of what you're doing and you see God moving in people's lives, it is incredibly rewarding to know that this is the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of God in action. Can I give you a sneak peek of what's coming up? This is our theme, which you will have seen from the last couple of life this week. Um, Nathan's going to be sharing about this next Sunday when he launches it officially, but I thought I'd get in early because he said I could. Um, and so this is our theme for 2024, Multiply. And to give you a glimpse, it's, it's about using what we've received from God and being fruitful with it. It's about seeing the kingdom of God expand as we serve and we use our gifts in our community and beyond. It's about the effects of how we choose to live on the people around us and how it affects our relationships and how that can be even generational. It's about all of that and more. And I want to suggest that this is the platform for our theme this year. Start with gratitude. Take a step and walk with God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word and your truth because it does so much to teach us and guide us and enlighten us in a world that is sorely lacking truth, God. God, you are truth, and I thank you that that in your greatness and in your vastness, you have still revealed that to us, to little old us, God. You revealed yourself. You sent your son for us. You've chosen to live in us and among us, God, such incredible privileges, and you have chosen to give us a purpose and a future and gifts to walk in. God, may we be forever thankful for all that you have done. And may we reflect on it daily. May we keep coming back to your truth and its transformational power for our lives, God. And may we live differently. May we be filled with your courage and your boldness to take that next step. God, help us to see what that next step is. As we look into 2024 and all this year could be, and all that you are going to do, God, We want to partner with you in that, God. We want to walk this year with you side by side. God, we give you all of the worship, all of the praise, all of the honor. God, you are so worthy. Amen. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer, and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the Next Step button.